Surgeon, you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to the Smart Woman Show. I am here with Heather Monahan, and you know, you were on my vision to be here. I mean, well, first of all, like, hello. I mean, you are just like confidence, like the whole, I don't know who designed your book cover. Maybe you did, but like your book just, yeah. Okay. Because it screams confidence. And that's what we're doing here today. We're talking about confidence and I just want to like hit you with this quickly so we can see who you are. Why confidence? Like, why is that your stand? So I struggled with my confidence my entire life, and I hid behind a really successful career in media and corporate America for over 20 years, and it took me getting fired to really come to grips with I was not owning who I was. I really wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable. I wasn't shining my light, and Mm -hmm. I hadn't stepped in to own my confidence, and once I realized that, there was nothing else that was going to stop me. I just made that decision. And I plowed through, even with creating the cover to the book. It's funny that you said that a number of people said to me, Heather, that cover is obnoxious, you know, before it went live. And they said it in a loving way. People that mean well, that want to put their self-limiting beliefs on you Mm -hmm. would come to me and say, you know what? It's too aggressive. It's too in your face. People will think you're full of yourself. And I had to really, you know, sit back and say, I appreciate your opinions. However, I'm going to go ahead and move forward with mine because that's really what this is about is me as writing this book as who I truly am. I wouldn't be real and I wouldn't be a confidence creator for myself if I didn't move forward with my vision. So, you know what? I'm ripping and running and taking the risk. And I was scared, but um, it worked out. I just love that. It's like, it's like, you know, you, because, okay, here's, I just went through this massive transformation leadership program training. Um, and it's so funny because people want to give us feedback, right? And the, the woman watching this, I mean, you, if you've got a business and you're rolling, like what Heather just said, like there's people who are in your face telling you that either like you should do it differently or you shouldn't eat, like if they're being so blunt to be like, you shouldn't do that. But like, here's the thing with that. If someone's telling you it's too aggressive, you're overconfident, it's like blah in your face, they're seeing that in you because that's in them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, thank you for giving me insight into how you feel about yourself, which actually leads me into my favorite, my first question about one of the things I read in the, at the very beginning of your book or a few, a few pages in, um, you were talking with your therapist about the voice within, the voice in your head, right? And you were telling her all the things you were saying, and I'll let you elaborate on, on the voice that was inside your head. And then she said something to you like, would you speak to your son like this? And so I'd love for you to just hit on that. 
Yeah, that's funny because I've been interviewed a lot. My book came out May 22nd, 18, and I've been interviewed a lot about the book. No one has brought up this chapter. So it's so interesting that you're picking this one. I'm excited. I actually forgot about it. So thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, I went, I saw a therapist, oh my gosh, for essentially all of my 20s and 30s. I was, um, you know, seeing the same therapist forever. And one of the realizations that she brought epiphany moments for me is after I had my son, my son's now 11, you know, when you have a child, for those of you that do, if you don't, you know, a pet or a loved niece or nephew, mm-hmm. you, you know how we just, we want to coddle them and care for them and love, love, love them no matter what. Yeah. And when she made me realize that, yes, I treated my son that way and I, you know, valued how I spoke to him and nurtured him but I never gave that same attention, voice, even, you know, just the, the way I would speak, not even the words, but, you know, when you say, hello, you little beautiful baby, I would never say to me, oh, hello, you wonderful woman. You know, I would never do that. I would say, gosh, Heather, you know, shoot, you missed deadline or, oh my God, you gained five pounds again and your clothes are tight. I was always speaking in a way to me for so long, by the way, that I didn't know I did it. I was not yeah. aware, which was the, the biggest problem, but I, it was my normal. That's how I speak to me. I didn't know I did it. It happened naturally, organically, subconsciously. However, when I would speak to people I loved, specifically my son, I did it in such a different way. And there's research out there that shows when you speak to plants in a loving way, they grow faster, right? I saw that video. It's crazy. It's crazy crazy to know. And it makes all the sense in the world because if I spoke to my son in that negative judgmental voice I used on me, I'm certain he would be a different person today, right? I mean, we just know that. Of course. Of course. So it's making that decision. So, okay. So you had your therapist point this out too. Now let's give some tools right now on how to like, I guarantee you 95% of the women watching this can relate to that, if not a hundred percent. So how could they right now stop for a second and say, okay, this is how I'm talking to myself. So the first thing that I did was I wrote down, I really believe a lot in bringing something to life. A thought can just be a thought, Mm -hmm. but when you write it down on paper, you're faced with the ugly truth. So I wanted to face the ugly truth. I wrote down those tapes that I was running in my mind. So whether it was, you know, you look too fat or that was stupid. Why did you do? I wrote down all the things I I found myself saying. And anytime I catch myself, I would just jot a note wherever I was. And within a week, I had enough, you know, material there to understand how I was speaking to me. And then the next thing I did was I wrote the tape I wanted to play the way I would speak Mm -hmm. to my son. You are amazing. You're killing it. I am so proud of you. You just bounced back from so much. It was amazing to watch that. All I created the rhetoric that I wanted to have run in my mind. It wasn't running then. Mm-hmm. I got a picture of me as a young girl and I kept that in my purse. And anytime during the day oh. that I might find myself, you know, going backwards and, and like everyone will, it's a bad habit I had to break. Mm-hmm. I was going back into my past behavior. I could pull out that little picture and I genuinely had empathy for me because I know oh. what my childhood was like, right? So I would look at that picture and I'd have a lot of empathy and say, okay, hang on. How do I want to speak to this? young girl right now. And then I would immediately go right to my new tape that I wanted to play. It was easy when I could look at that picture because I really felt bad for that little kid. And, mm-hmm. and 
you know, going through those steps, it doesn't take more than a month before you can literally curate the most important platform in the world. Everyone says social media is fake and media is fake. Well, who cares? You know what's real? Right here. Mm -hmm. And you're in charge 100%. And one thing I learned being in media for 20 years is there's a frequency of seven that any advertiser is going to use. And when you are running ads at a frequency of seven, it's going to inspire people to be motivated to buy your product product, act on your message. So I decided I'm going to use my media knowledge on me and wow. I'm going to run my messaging in my platform that I'm in charge of a minimum of seven times a day for a month. And I'm going to see if this worked for McDonald's, it's going to work for me. And it <laughs> did. It definitely works. I love it. Okay. So who are you? The seven words, who are you? In seven words, who am I? You. Yes. And seven words. I am creative. I am energetic. I am loving. I am kind. I am very funny. I am empathetic and I am aggressive. Yes, you are. I love it. <laughs> yes, you are, Heather. I love it. Okay. So here's the thing about that. I love that you reference the platform, right? Like this platform that we have. And, and we get up in here and then now let's just say like you've done all this fendoozling and you, now you're good. Like for me, I'm a confident, loving, powerful woman. That's just who I am. And that's my stand. That's my mission. That's where I go to. And you can have that thought process. Like you said, like it takes a month. Do the exercise that Heather just told you to do for one month and you will become that. And so I want to now shift, like, let's say that shift has happened and now you're doing your entrepreneurial thing in your book you say that nobody does it alone. And we kind of, in, in one of the interviews that I did with a social media, uh, Lauren Tickner, she says, you know, like we, we touch on it a little bit, but I really want to dive into the importance of, like you say in, in one of your chapters in your book, having a good wingman. You don't need 40,000 people, but you do need like at least one or two people in your corner. And, the, and I'd love for you to touch on the importance of that and whatever else you know about it. Sure. So when I was younger, I was very insecure. However, I would put up a fake front so people, not everyone would know. Some people maybe figured it out, right? But a lot of people didn't know. During that time, I used to speak to myself in a mirror and say, you can't count on anyone but you. You mm. got you and nobody else. And just don't give up on you. Just keep going, Heather. Don't ask for help. Don't let anyone know you're scared. I would really talk. I yeah. thought I was helping myself, you know, like, all right, I'm being strong. I'm running this big company and I don't want anyone to know I'm petrified and I don't want to fail. What I've learned since then is the first time I really asked for help in a big way from others was when I got fired a little over a year ago. I was devastated and I noticed no one was calling me saying, oh my gosh, are you okay? So I decided in that moment, I said, wait a minute, no one knows I've been fired. The company didn't put it out to press. So I'm going to liken this to getting a divorce. If no one knows you're single, no one's going to ask you on a date. So why don't I let the world know I've been fired? And yeah. I took to social media and I asked for help. And luckily, and I'll implore everyone to do this, I had built up enough of a following on LinkedIn at that time that it really was able to reach a lot of people mm -hmm. very quickly. And if you have not invested in social media profiles for networking purposes, please do so and put your best foot forward, shine your light on there and you know showcase your accomplishments. I had done that thankfully and the two years leading up to getting fired. And that's part of why I got fired. But anyways, so 
what happened was in that moment, I put out a post on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And it said, after 14 years as chief revenue officer leading in media, I have been fired and I am hurting. I need your help. And if I ever touched your life in any type of a way, I'd love to hear from you today. And that That is so vulnerable of you. It worked. I mean, it, Asking for help at that level and in that moment, I was scared to do it. I was told by others that post looks desperate, take it down. But for me, it spoke to my heart and how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I was really deciding at that point to step into my confidence. And so many people jumped out and extended a hand to help me. And that really opened my eyes to no one's out there getting it done on their own. I had been forcing myself to do it alone for a long time, but those days were over. I now wanted help and, and people showed up and they definitely helped me out. And as women, women are on the rise, you know, this huge awakening that's happening with just women in power in general. I I mean, I think that's going to be and is the biggest setback of a woman entrepreneur or a woman CEO or, you know, a woman of power is that we have this idea that we have to do it on our own. Oh, that's so not true. And the most successful women that you see out there that are really making a lot of money have massive teams of people. And sometimes when we compare ourselves to other people, we'll say, oh, she's prettier than me. She's got it more together than me. She's got this or that. The reality is those people have full-time hair and makeup. They have a media department that's positioning them. They have a PR person, a publicist. They have so many people on their team. That's why they are able to rise to that level. And if you're doing it by yourself, it's time you start tapping others to say, hey, I need a hand because I'm ready to go to that next level and I need a couple more people in my corner to make it happen. Yeah, totally. What I'm hearing, Heather, is a lot of what's possible. You know, like what is, what is like when you sit down at the end of the day, like I can change my mind, that's possible. I can, I can have a team, that's possible. So how important it is, is it to you and to the success that you've had to eliminate what your brain or your whatever, you know, your thoughts have told you is impossible. What do you do in the moments where you're like, I don't think I can do that. Or I don't think I can reach that. What is possible in those moments? Sure. Right after I got fired, I was asked to go on the Elvis Duran show. It was the biggest show I was ever going on at that point. And immediately my mind went to, oh my gosh, what if Elvis hates you, Heather? What if when you're walking out, Getty Images is there and you fall on the ground? These are literally (laughs) the thoughts that I had, right? What if you get out there and you have nothing to say and no words come to your mouth and you freeze? I've trained myself in my past 20 years in corporate America, that if I'm going to be willing to think something so polarizing on one end, I force myself to flip it to the other. So I took that same dialogue that I just ran you through and I, and I made myself go through the exercise. What if Elvis Duran loves you? What if he gives you his self? What if they ask you to be a new person on the show once a week? What if you look so good on Getty Images, you get a contract with someone? What if, you know, and I took every single negative, crazy thought I had, and I made it just that crazy and positive, and the reality is it fell somewhere in between. No, Elvis did not give me his cell, but you know what? The show went great, and I didn't fall, and, you know, everything went as good as it could be. So in the end, it's usually somewhere in the middle, and the only way to really allow yourself to that possibility to understand there is that possibility is to force yourself to flip it on its head. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's where I was going at. That was the story I was reading in your book when you were just like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to flip it. I'm just going to be amazing. My amazing self. And it's exactly what you need to do. So, okay. So here is one thing. And I don't know, I'm not a man, so I don't know, but I just feel that men have this advantage that they don't really care what people think of them. And as <laughs> women, we really care what people think of us. But you say in your book, this is what you, I, I, mean, I wrote down what you said, you know, if you knew how little people thought of you, you wouldn't care what people thought of you. Like it's stop so trying to be so perfect. It's so true. This, this reminds me of a recent story. A couple of months ago, an NBA player DM'd me on LinkedIn. And a lot of men read the book. And it's interesting because I, like you, thought it was specific to women, but it really isn't. He said the biggest difference, Heather, between a good NBA player and the best of the all-stars is simply confidence. Would mm -hmm. you be willing to meet with me and help me work on my confidence? I was petrified, first of all, to meet with him because in my mind, I got into the whole, oh my gosh, he makes 15 million a year. He's on TV every day. How can I advise him? You know, I went yeah. back to my negative way of thinking, but I'm, I've taught myself how to show up because when you show up, that's 90% of the battle. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this 19-year-old kid clutching my book and I sat down with him. And one of the first things he said to me, it reminds me of what you just said. He said, Heather, you don't understand what it's like to have millions and millions of people, all eyes on you when you're at the free throw line. And I started laughing at him. And he said, why is this funny? I said, because no one's looking at you. Everyone's on Instagram or they're talking to the person next to them or they're running to get a drink or they're trying to figure out what am I going to do for vacation in two weeks? Everyone is in their own head thinking about themselves. And as a professional speaker, I've learned my challenge is to engage people to listen to me. That's yeah. the hardest part. You know, yeah. people are not paying attention to us the way that we think they are. We are the ones paying attention to us. Yeah. And we're just standing in our own way. And it comes down to really the, the boiling point of, you know, when, when you start anything new or when you're in your head or when you're in your own way, you've got to be like, this is not about me. And for your new client and congratulations on that, by the way, I mean, you can make a huge difference in his life, but it's like, Okay, so there's, there's potentially 15 million people watching you or however many it is. Like, serve them with what you're about to do. Like, it's not about you and your ball and your skill and your sneakers and your Nikes and your, you know, it's about winning the game. It's about showing up for your team. It's about showing up for your fans. Like, it's not about you. And it's like with you, Heather, like this interview is not about you. It's not about your book. It's not about like you creating more sales or anything like that. It's about serving your community, right? And that's what real leaders are about. And again, I, I saw that day in and day out in corporate America. I saw it done well and I saw it done poorly. That, and it's no different than being in the entrepreneurial world. There, it's very easy to see the people that want to give of themselves Mm -hmm. However, also realize that they are valuable and want to be, you know, compensated for that. And then there's also people out there that really want to put others beneath them and see leadership mm -hmm. as a way to climb on top of people. And in the end, those people do not succeed. They do not succeed. So how did you transition from corporate America? I mean, obviously you got fired, but emotionally, you know, if you were to, to talk to the, to the woman, cause I, there's women watching this who are cl either climbing the corporate ladder, they're at the top of the corporate ladder, or they're like, you know what? I'm over this. 
Yeah, I had been over it for a while too. And those golden handcuffs get you. Well, they got me. And, you know, first and foremost, follow your passion. That was something I never did until I was 43 years old, which is crazy because life is so much more fun when you get up doing something that you love to do, that you believe in, that your heart's in. I've never had that until now. So I'm really appreciative. I'm getting this shot, you know, in life to experience this. So, corporate America is very linear and you can always see it's very obvious where that next step is that next move the next promotion the next business acquisition whatever it is it's very clear and very linear now transitioning from that to the polar opposite my experience as an entrepreneur is more like an EKG machine in the dark I don't know what's happening next I have to take that next step and sometimes it's taking off and something amazing is happening and the next thing I know I come crashing down and then I've got to reboot and pivot and it's so dark and different Mm -hmm. and I'm learning now I've, I've got a little over a year in it and so I'm adapting to that in order to make that vast difference, that really, that big jump, what I did was I created a 30-day plan. Because mm-hmm. for me, I couldn't look on day one of, after being fired and say, where will my company be in five years? You know, yeah. I couldn't, I didn't know. I still don't know. But what I did know is I can look 30 days out and I can start writing down what I'm grateful for every day. I can realize that I have fired a villain from my life and start noticing the positive people that that started showing up and writing those things down. I would write down every day what happened that I didn't know was going to happen, what opportunity arose that I never knew was coming, what action step I took that day to create more opportunity in my life. And then I created a vision For me at the end of 30 days, looking my most confident, feeling my most powerful, and knowing that I'm gaining clarity and where my business was going. And that was as specific as I could get at that time, but it really served me well. I still have that 30-day plan to this day because I like to go back and look at it and see I didn't even know I was writing a book back then, you know, and so I get so fired up now when I look back at those first initial days when I was really, really scared and getting myself out from under the weighted blanket and making myself take action was not easy, but it paid off in the end and it will pay off for anyone else as well. Yeah. You just hit my heart when I was really, really, really scared. And there are women watching this who are really, really scared like really, really scared. What's my husband going to think? What For sure. are my parents going to think? What am I going to think? You know, it's, and, and, and so on and plus, 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 plus. So right. the 30 day plan for the woman who needs it, that's watching this, we're going to put a link below. You'll, you'll supply me with the link. What does it entail? So it's a 30-day plan. It's a PDF download that everyone can have from my site that you're going to post. And really, it's going to walk them through the, the very basic steps you need to take to get out of you know overcoming adversity in a real short window and start setting yourself up to create your confidence because confidence is not given. It's created. Yeah. And when you're facing fear... Typically, those are the moments where we're feeling our most insecure and afraid. And we forget, hang on, the one voice that matters right here is mine. You know, journaling and writing down how I feel is what counts here. I've got to go back and focus on what's important to me and why I'm doing this. I need to have that person on speed dial that's ahead of me. So when I do start struggling and questioning myself, I can dial them and they can remind me why I am doing this and what I, and I am capable, you know, really stepping into that. 
I love myself. I am valuable. I do have this vision. And while others may not appreciate it, they might not agree with it, that's okay. And I can thank them for it and hand it right back to them and continue on my way. Because I knew when I was leaving corporate America, everyone was going to say, are you crazy? You're leaving this successful career to take a risk at reinventing yourself at 43. You're too old. You don't have experience. I heard all the reasons why I couldn't do it. And I continued to focus on why I knew I could. And there was every day was an up and down self battle, inner battle of, is this the worst idea I ever had? Or is it the best one? Jumping off that balcony, taking that risk and making it happen has been the biggest confidence building moment of my life. Because in every moment, you're either creating confidence or chipping away at it. And if you start asking yourself that question, okay, if I move forward with this, am I creating confidence for myself or am I making myself smaller? No, I'm creating confidence. I'm moving forward on my beliefs and my heart. Then that's when you know that's the right answer for you. And that's what the 30-day plan will help you see. Heather, you are so powerful. (laughs) Like I can feel your energy. I mean, you're across the country from me. You're in Miami right now, right? I am. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I can feel your energy in California. (laughs) Oh, good. That makes me happy. Yes. yes! This is amazing. Okay. So smart woman who's watching this, get the 30 day plan. You're watching this for a reason. Get the 30 day plan. We'll put the link below. And you know, Heather, what I'm hearing from you is just like total power. Like I just said, total passion, total love. Why are you doing this? Because when I was a young girl, I didn't have this. And I swear to God, I think I'd be president of the United States right now. And we'd all be a lot happier if I had this information when I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. I just look back and say, I wish someone had sat down and taught me and given me this info, but I don't want to keep it just for me or just for my kid. Everyone in the world should have access to this. There'll be less bullying. The world will be a better place. The more confident we all are, the less we have to put other people down and the more we lift everybody else up. And that's something that I would love to see happen. Did you hear her say world like three times? You said world maybe twice. It's like as, you know, as an entrepreneur or whatever you're doing at home, maybe you're in corporate America, regardless, you're a smart woman. That's why you're here. Your impact, your presence in this world literally impacts the world. Absolutely. Awesome. Heather, thank you so much for your time, for being here. You are a rock star. I'm absolutely in love with you. And I know know that the women watching this are going to be just as in love with you as I am. So thank you so much. And I hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you on the Smart Woman Show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to The Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.